3: You're listening to Comedy Central.
4: Coming to you from New York City, the only city
2: in America, it's the Daily Show! Tonight, Turkey plays the name game, Russia's Regifting Grain, and Elliot Schrafer. This is the Daily Show with Trevor Noah!
5: Take a seat, everybody. Take a seat. Take a seat. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. The nation of Turkey is tired of your jokes, CNN is done with breaking news, and Vladimir Putin blesses the grains down in Africa. What does that even mean? Well, stay tuned to find out. Plus, we've got author Elliot Schrafer on the show to tell us about gay animals. Yeah, I said that. So, let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Our first story is all about language. Like, when I say the word turkey, what do you think of? Probably a big bird that people eat while arguing with their family about whether or not gender is a spectrum, right? Yeah? <laughs> Well, the country of Turkey knows that's what you think about when you hear their name, and they're sick of that shit.
6: The country of Turkey is ready to change its name. Officials have notified the United Nations asking that the country be referred to as Turkie, the way it's spelled and pronounced in Turkish. It's a way to disassociate its name from the bird and negative connotations that sometimes come with it.
1: The official request follows the release of an ad campaign promoting the new name.
6: Hey, Mom, I just landed.
0: Oh, hello! Turkey. Hello,
3: Turkey.
5: Hello, Turkey. Hello, Turkey. Turkey. I like this. I like this, and I'm willing. I'm willing to start saying Turkey. I don't mind, but I refuse to use those little dots over the U. All right, (laughs) and this has nothing to do with Turkey, and everything's to do with drawing a line for how many keyboards I'm willing to have on my phone. I'm already three keyboards deep. I've got emoji keyboards, I've got my gift keyboard, then my symbols keyboard, then a secret symbols keyboard, behind that keyboard, now i have gonna add another keyboard so I can type a U with the dots and make it look like it's staring at me. It's too much! It's too much, turkey, eh? And I know what some of you are saying right now. You're like, oh, Trevor, you don't need another keyboard. You can just hold down the U key. Yeah, but it's about the extra effort. If you use your thumbs too much, they're gonna bulk up. I'm trying to get mine long and slender for the summer, baby. That's right. So I'll say turkey A, but you gotta help me help you. And not the you with the dots, turkey A. all right? Because no, I, I get why Turkey's doing this. I get it. A country's name is its brand. Nobody wants their brand associated with an animal that people don't even like that much. I mean, if you're gonna get mistaken for a bird, at least let it be a bird with some flavor, some juice. You know, like if their country was named Spicy Chicken Sandwich, they wouldn't be changing anything. I will say, Turkey should just know this, though. Just because they got the UN to agree on this doesn't mean that people are actually gonna start calling them turkey It's not that easy. Trust me, I know this. Back in middle school, I tried to get everyone to call me Travolva. <laughs> yeah, and they just laughed like you guys did now. They said it was a stupid name, which I guess in retrospect, it kind of was, you know? Unless you guys like it, no? Okay, you're fine, Travolva, <laughs> no is stupid, forget it. Let's move on. Wait, did someone say it was cu- cool? No? Okay. Any- <laughs> I just thought I heard someone say it, it is a cool Because it could, no? All right, still no. All right. <laughs> I actually think this is a good idea. You know what? A lot of countries should be updating their names. Yeah. They just update it to, to make it modern. You're like, this isn't the United States of America. Let's be honest. It's more like the states that barely put up with each other of America. Yeah? <laughs> Every country, like Greece makes it sound messy, but it's not. <laughs> Hungary, what if they've eaten, huh? <laughs> Yeah, Niger. Well, wow, you need to change that name to be safe. You just need to change that name to be safe. I bet you right now, they're losing a ton of white people tourism. Cause there's a lot of white people who are too nervous to type that into Expedia. It's just like, I'm heading to N-I-G. You know what? I'm just going to Paris. I'm just going to go to Paris. I'm just going to Paris. I don't want any trouble here. I'm just going to Paris. But let's move on to some other international news, because while Turkey is changing its name, Russia has spent the past three months trying to change Ukraine's name to Russia Junior. But (laughs) Ukraine isn't the only country suffering from Russia's invasion. Yeah, what many people might not know is that Ukraine is one of the world's top producers of grain. But as part of its invasion, Russia is blocking Ukraine's ports and intercepting the grain. So now the world is facing a grain shortage, which Russia is taking advantage of.
4: The U.S. has given out about 14 countries a heads up about stolen Ukrainian grain. U.S. officials say that Russia stole grain from Ukraine and alerted these other countries, mainly in Africa, that Russia will probably sell it. Policy experts say, faced with starvation, most countries in the area likely won't hesitate to buy from Russia. The director of one African think tank told The New York Times, quote, this is not a dilemma. Africans don't care where they get their food from, and if someone is going to moralize about that, they are mistaken.
5: Okay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I get what you're saying, but Africans don't care where they get their food from. Come on, don't put it like that. (laughs) Yes, some parts of Africa are suffering from famine and their leaders can't afford to take the moral high ground because they need the food, but not just Africans don't care where they get their food from. It makes it sound like us Africans were just running around on the sidewalk grabbing people's brunches out of their plates. (laughs) Just like, ha ha, you did not got your brioche. It's mine now, huh? Ha ha. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, Africans are gonna use the grain to make like bread and shit, okay? These stories always make it sound like Africans are just gonna eat the grain right out of the sack. <laughs> make it sound like that with us. It's just like, ah, we love this. Ah, put the grain in my mouth, huh? Ah. I know that's what you guys are picturing in your heads. I know it. I said, we need grain. And you guys were like, I guess they eat grain. I guess that's what they do. We cook. <laughs> the Situation is really messed up. Not only is Russia stealing Ukraine's grain, they're causing a food shortage in the rest of the world. And then they're gonna sell the grain to make up for the shortage that they're causing. And can we just take a moment to acknowledge how humiliating this is for Russia? Huh? When they started this invasion, Putin was like, our glorious army will conquer Ukraine for the new Russian empire. And now he's just like, okay, plan B, let's just rob this bitch, okay? We'll just go to steal. <laughs> We just go to spiel now. Plan <laughs> B. Yeah, you went from being all high and mighty, and now the dude's basically on the corner in Africa, like, you got, you want grain? I got grain. You want grain? <laughs> I got grain. I also got the Rolex. I got the Rolex. Just the good stuff. Just the good stuff. You want the grain? I got the grain. But let's move on from the war in Ukraine to the war zone that is America. Ever since the Uvalde school shooting, Congress has been working hard to craft sensible gun safety measures that can be narrowly defeated at the last minute. But a lot of people are trying to make this time different. I mean, just today, Matthew McConaughey, who's from Uvalde, was at the White House pushing for reforms. Unfortunately, though, nobody really expects a lot to change. Now, that's where there is an upside to living in the states that barely put up with each other of America, right? And that is individual states can break off and pass their own gun laws, which is exactly what's happening right here in New York.
6: New York bolstered its already tough gun laws, some of the strictest in the nation. Governor Hochul signed a package of gun reform bills yesterday. Now, among them, a measure that bans the sale of semi-automatic rifles to anybody under 21. New buyers are also required to obtain a permit. Also, red flag laws are expanding. Body armor for civilians is outlawed, and ammo for semi-automatic handguns is required to be micro-stamped to make it easier to trace. Hockel celebrated the new laws in the Bronx. It just keeps
0: happening. Shots ring out, flags come down, and nothing ever changes. Except here in New York. Wow.
5: Wow. Wow. This is... This is so weird, a mass shooting happened and then politicians did something. <laughs> I didn't even know that that was possible. <laughs> yeah, it's like I showed up to McDonald's and the McFlurry machine is working. It's just, <laughs> I don't even know how to react to this. Do, do I clap, am I supposed to tip? What's a good tip for passing gun Or 10%, I'm sure it's 10%. <laughs> you know what this feels like? This feels like when you're ready to argue with your partner and before you can say anything, they just apologize. Right? Yeah, now you've got a throat full of screams and nothing to do with it. It's like, thank you, I appreciate your apology, I love you too. (laughs) And New York made a lot of changes. For instance, it's raising the minimum age on semi-automatic rifles, which seems like common sense to me. You know, although in my opinion, instead of 21, I feel like it should be 21 and four days. Yeah, because I don't want someone buying a gun on the same night that they're slamming 10 shots of Jaeger. Just spread it out, (laughs) you know? New York is also gonna be banning body armor, and that makes sense, All right. In fact, this is the first state in the country to do it, which is a great idea. In fact, they should also ban under armor while they're at it. Yeah, it's not about the shootings. I'm just tired of seeing people's nipples on the train, you know? I get it, you work out. Oh, and I know, I know some people are saying, but wait, I'm not a shooter. I just want body armor for my protection. Don't worry. You don't need body armor. Right? If you're not doing anything nefarious, you don't need body armor. Yeah, so this is something I've learned from American movies. is that you just need to keep a precious family heirloom on your body. That stops any bullets, <laughs> any time. It's like, bah, ah! Oh! Thank God, my mom's Bible stopped the bullets. <laughs> okay. Bah, ah! Oh! oh, thank goodness, my grandpa's pocket watch saved me. <laughs> bah, oh, thank God, I carry grandma's cherished dildo with me all the time. <laughs> Saved my life once again. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you so much. I'm just gonna let that soak in for a second. All right, finally, let's move on to a story about CNN, which stands for Cable News Ninjas. Anyway, for years, CNN has been notorious for overhyping every story. Like it's, you know, the zombie apocalypse. It's like, breaking news, the midterm elections are now six months away. <laughs> and not surprisingly, this approach has started to backfire as viewers have learned to tune it out, you know, like the boy who cried wolf. Or in this case, the wolf who cried wolf. So because of that, <laughs> because of that, CNN is making a big change.
2: We start here with breaking news about breaking news involving CNN. The network has a new boss, and he says CNN is now cutting back on overhyping everything as, quote, breaking news. So much so that CNN has actually added a breaking news guideline to its style book. So you'll soon see a lot less of that breaking news banner at the bottom of the TV screen.
5: Yes, CNN is cutting back on the overuse of breaking news. And... To celebrate, it immediately put up a countdown clock to the moment when it'll officially reduce the amount of breaking news. (laughs) Very exciting. One thing at a time. Look. Look, people, the truth is, the truth is, most stories aren't giant news in that way. I'm glad they're doing this, you know? Great job, Chris Licht. There's only been like three breaking news stories of the past two decades, let's be honest. Like, 9-11, coronavirus, And that time that guy put salt on his food, but from up here. (laughs) Yeah, most people put the salt from like down here, but he did it from up here, yo. That dude changed the game. It's a technique, it's a whole thing. (laughs) And now that CNN is acknowledging this, now that they're acknowledging that not everything is breaking news, maybe, just maybe, all of cable news can acknowledge that maybe news doesn't need to be 24 hours. Maybe, huh? It's not necessary, you know? Maybe you you can wait to get all the facts and tell us the correct story at the end of the day. (laughs) Just me? (laughs) Possibly. I mean, think about it, think about it. Think about it, honestly. The first 10 hours of any news story on cable news is just speculation. Breaking news, we're hearing that a tiger has escaped from the zoo and mauled 10 people. It is a sad day. Hold on, hold on. Slight clarification. We're now hearing that the tiger was in the mall, and the mall has 10 people. Everybody is alive. And, oh, hold on. Our our sources on the ground are telling us it's not a tiger. It's a panda express. There is a panda express in the mall. We're going to stay on top of this story for the next 24 hours. Breaking news. Here's the thing. Even when there is news, most of it isn't that exciting, It's just everyday stuff that's boring, but important. The economy is up, the economy is down. The government is doing something, or more likely not doing something, you know? (laughs) So this is good. And to lower expectations, CNN is actually replacing breaking news with a new graphic for stories that are just normal stuff. And we have an exclusive look at what that'll be. Perfect. I think they did a great job. Well done, CNN. All right. That's it for the headlines. But before we go to a break, let's check in on the stock market with our finance expert, Michael Costa. everybody. What's
2: going on, Michael? More importantly.
5: More importantly, Michael, what, what's happening in the market today?
2: Well I am crushing the markets. I mean I I crush all markets, financial markets, uh, whole foods market where I actually had to get a second job. But uh, I have a hot tip, I'm gonna share it with you, hot tip, I'm gonna share a hot tip with you, so we'll get into the markets. Oh, okay, here we go. Actually, actually before we do that, that story about the African nations buying the grain, yeah. you know? I mean, I, it, why do we put this responsibility on them to know where their grain comes from? I mean, we don't even know where our food comes from, you right? know? I've probably enjoyed multiple avocados from the Sinaloa cartel, you know? And I, <laughs> I, I sleep fine at night, but I would say this to these African nations, don't love this grain too much. This is white people grain and you might develop a gluten intolerance, okay? <laughs> now, look, it's not gonna kill you, but it's gonna make you very annoying, all right? <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to be in Tanzania doing yoga with Gwyneth Paltrow while a (laughs) vagina candle is lit in the back. So, all right. Now, these markets. Oh, oh. And Turkey. Turkey changing its name. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Right? I love love this. It, It got me thinking. I feel like South Africa should... Do this. Wait, wh- I, I I do. Look, part of what's great about being a country in Africa is you get to have this beautiful name: Uganda, Senegal, Namibia, South Africa. I mean, yeah. what happened with South Africa? You just went off the top of your head, Trevor. I mean, I mean, what, what you're, you mean you're from, you're from not, there.
5: Yeah, but it's not like I named. I didn't name it. Look, I'm just. I'm, Are there other people
2: from South Africa? I mean, I, the, yeah, okay, there's like six of us. Great. 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 great, 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 great. Okay, all right, okay, okay, all right, great. Let's get to the market. Let's just do the market. So, look, this is volatile. It's almost as volatile as a teenage Michael Costa at a 311 concert. But look, <laughs> when you step back, take a look at all of this. What do you see dominating? I see this green line dominating. It's the least volatile of everything here, which is why I advise you be the green line, right? When you have your money, be the green line. Second thing to think about, you see these squares right here? Now, I have spent a lot of time <laughs> analyzing the dimensions, the feel, the size of each square, okay? Now, these squares, they don't mean anything, okay? <laughs> Last thing, you see all this red? Typically, red is bad in finances, but Michael Costa, financial expert, will tell you, when you have red, like a stoplight, stop. Wait till it turns green, okay? So. <laughs> In summary, all right, green lines, no squares, red turns green, boom. Now, here's my hot tip.
5: This is, okay. My hot
2: tip, Trevor, yeah. okay? Invest in Turkey, boom. Wait, 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 wait. Turkey the food or Turkey the country? Well, that is the million dollar question, okay? <laughs> now, I gotta go, I gotta go to Whole Foods for a shift. Uh, Steve and Produce got COVID, so.
5: I, I don't know why you have, back to you, Trevor. Why do you need another job? Michael Costa, everybody, don't go away because when we come back, would Junior is going to try and make friends with right
4: wing extremists. You don't want to miss it. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget friendly prices.
5: You know, politics is so polarized in this country that America needs a leader who can bring the two sides together. But instead, we'll have to settle for Roy Wood Jr. in a new segment we call Disagree to
3: Disagree. America is too divided. Republicans versus Democrats. Billionaires versus billions of the rest of us broke bastards. Karens versus everybody. That's why I'm reaching out to the other side to see if I can't find common ground with people I disagree with strongly. For this story, I traveled to Idaho or Montana or Wyoming, somewhere with no black people, to meet anti-government extremists and big hat enthusiasts, Ammon Bundy, and see if I could get him to disagree, to disagree.
6: doesn't matter if they call it Republican or Democrat. It is
3: poison to liberty. You might remember Bundy from a 2014 standoff with the government over grazing rights. This is our land! Or from a standoff with the government at a nature preserve in 2016. Ammon Bundy, who pointed guns
1: at law enforcement uh, in Arizona, now he's doing it in Oregon.
3: Or from his protests against state COVID restrictions in Idaho, this dude is in a lot of standoffs. And now a guy who spent two years in prison for fighting the federal government before getting out on the mistrial is running for governor of Idaho.
6: As governor, I will keep Idaho,
3: Idaho. What the hell does that mean besides growing potatoes? I decided to talk to some of Bundy's supporters. Ammon is definitely a threat to the old boy network in Idaho. Why?
6: You know, I don't need the government to tell me how to act. So
3: Ammon Bundy for less governor.
1: Yes.
6: Our rights don't come from the government. Our rights come from God, okay?
1: And certain people have said, you know what? The buck has to stop somewhere. Okay, but
3: you were black and in Idaho. How did that happen? So I'm like
1: third generation
3: here. Yeah, okay.
4: Ammon Bundy is willing to do what it takes to defend liberty, just like Rosa Parks did on the bus.
3: I had to meet with this white male version of Sister Rosa. Okay, so you've been called a militia leader. You have been called uh, the T-word? Domestic. Domestic, Domestic terrorist. terrorist, yeah. How do you not come across as an anti-government person who's now becoming part of the government? Well, I want
6: people to use the land as God intended and for the government just to leave them alone other than to protect them.
3: You're not like when you were a child, your daddy be all in your business, come in your room, go through your toys. That's, that's government now. What we really want is a stepdaddy government <laughs> that comes in and just goes, hey, don't kill each other, I'll be outside drinking.
6: Well, yeah, unless one of them tries to infringe upon another person's right.
3: Clearly, finding common ground would not be easy. And sure enough, Bundy and I disagreed on a range of issues, from taxes. I
6: don't believe that property tax is a moral tax.
3: To the social safety net.
6: Never should I say, look, Joe over here is needing help, and I'm gonna force you with the barrel of the gun to give me $150 so I can give it to Joe. That's right. It's immoral.
3: you Joe. And the definition of slavery. And
6: then pretty soon you end up with 30% of the people providing for the other 70%.
3: That's slavery. And that's all before we got to the King Kong of divisive issues today, COVID.
6: Government will go as far as they, the people allow them to go, which is all the way to genocide. Explain genocide. Well, let's look at the 1930s. What was the Nazis claiming? What was their excuse? It was a national health emergency that the Jews and the blacks that their genes were inferior, and ultimately decided that they needed to even put them
3: to death. So, like there weren't like Jews and blacks dying in droves before Hitler came in and did what he did. He chose to start doing that. Whereas at least with COVID, there was oh, there's a bunch of dead people, how do we stop this? Yeah. People are dying. So you, saying. You, you're saying you believe what the government is saying? I ain't you believe see. the reports, because they're so honest, right, and they're so good. How do I get the information you got? You can get it. Why? Because anytime people go, I have done the research, they never say where. It's everywhere. No, every- that's not an answer. Where the f- is it, well, the Bundy? I need you. to know. I can give it to you if
6: you want. I mean, do you want to go over right here on my phone? I don't Everybody said he done the research, but they right. can never well, give me a I, www. I
3: and I hadn't even asked Bundy about his history of armed standoffs against the government.
6: Well, so these accusations of me associating with violent groups, never once have we ever done anything violent.
3: You're like a Gandhi of the Rocky Mountains. I just can't get down with armed occupations, especially when they end with death in prison. It seemed like finding common ground was just too hard. But then Bundy surprised me.
6: I was in prison for two years, federal prison, and you got the whites are always over here, and you got the uh, Mexicans and the Native Americans.
3: Everybody sticks with their own kind. Yes,
6: I know. I didn't feel that way. Next thing I know, I'm out playing basketball with black guys. And no problem, right? Um, The white guys might have a little bit of a problem with it, so I go back there and I talk to them and say, hey, look, I'm... Sorry, that's just the way I roll. I'm
3: I'm not a racist, but we're playing basketball, and I really want to win.
6: Now the guards in the prison gets all concerned because the way they can keep us uh, in the prison is keep us divided. And that's what's happening in society.
3: As someone who also felt abused by the criminal justice system, Bundy was even supportive of a movement on the opposite side of the spectrum.
6: You must have a problem in your mind. If you think that somehow the Black Lives
3: Matter is more dangerous than the police. What? This cowboy headed, beef sweating constitutionalist was siding with Black Lives Matter and not the police? What I'm hearing is a brother who some of his views kind of line
6: up with Black Lives Matter. Well, I think they might line up with black people, and I think they might line up with white people too. And I, I guarantee that if I was to be able to communicate openly with the majority of the people in Black Lives Matter, that probably 95% uh, of of our beliefs would, would align with each other.
3: I think that's some common ground. Mm. Maybe America is headed towards a civil war. But for a moment, two Americans who vehemently disagree found a way to be civil. Okay, it was a brief moment. Yeah, you know, we, we don't agree on everything. Yeah. I just think it's okay, and I just wanted to just shake that. hand. Good talking to me. And there's something else we agree on. I look damn good in a cowboy hat.
5: Thank you so much for that, word with Jr. All right, when we come back, we're going to be celebrating Pride Month with author Elliot Schrefer. You don't want to miss it.
4: Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabe, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabe brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America.
5: Welcome back to the Daily Show. My guest tonight is New York Times bestselling author Elliot Schreifer. He's here to talk about his new book, Queer guts Duff- and other animals. Please welcome,
2: Elliot Reifel. Welcome
5: to the show, Elias.
1: I am so happy to be here.
5: I am so happy to have you. This is one of the most fun books I have ever read about science, about nature, about animals, about the human condition. Let's jump straight into it. Queer Ducks and Other Animals. This seems like a joke, and the, the book is very funny, which is great, but you're learning about a side of the animal kingdom that many people haven't talked about. So let's start with the why. Why did you decide to write a book about queer ducks and other animals?
1: Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I was surprised by the topic too. Um, I come from a background of studying evolution and I'd always assumed that, uh, that queer behavior was a sort of dead end for animals. Yes. That behaviors that wouldn't cause their genes to propagate into the next generation wouldn't spread. Um, And yet, Nature did a study three years ago that put the number at 1,500 species and counting that have significant peer-researched same-sex sexual behavior in the wild. And so the question that was on my mind was why, right? Like, why is this happening? Um, And the basic version of the story is that we got the story of animal sex wrong, Um, that we think of it as procreation only. humans, sure, humans, we have a wide variety of reasons for having sex, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) animals, Animals just dutifully like, walk up to Noah's Ark and they're male-female pairs and they have sex only to have offspring and that's right. the end of the story. When there's actually a wide range of animals with a, a different reasons for having same-sex sexual behaviors.
5: Yeah, but as, as I read through the book, I mean, my mind was blown by some of the stories you were telling and, and, and I think if we start with it from, from the angle of you know, whether it's governments, whether it's churches, whether it's just like society saying we don't want this out there, there were researchers who were discovering this for, for decades and they had to hide that research because just people didn't accept it, you know? Like, what do you think has changed in academia? What do you think has changed in the world of science and in research where people are now willing to accept these things and put them out there?
1: Yeah, well, there's um, a famous re- uh, sheep researcher named Valerius Geist who studied bighorn sheep in the 1960s. And at that time, he realized that sheep basically live in a mostly homosexual society. So bighorn sheep, are in, there's a male group and a female group. And for most of the year, they're just having sex within those groups. Uh, And then they'll come together during the rutting season and males and females will have sex. But he didn't publish on that finding because in the 1960s, he he said later in his memoir, he couldn't conceive of these magnificent beasts as queers, right? Like he loved this animal and didn't want to propagate this story around the species that he loved so much. And then years later in in his memoir, you know, sort of came out about, Having hidden the, um, the same sex sexual behavior in sheep. And that's kind of a story that goes from animal species to animal species. Yes, Even in yes. the 1830s, German entomologists were discovering same sex sexual behavior in cockchafer beetles, also known as doodle bugs. Uh, and that was within the entomology circles. Like, anyone who knew their bugs was talking about it. Yes. But they were also accused of perversion or having, like, an unnatural interest in these well, you animals. You said cock and, bugs, and then, like, everyone, everyone's brain. It seems like you basically, by naming it a cockchafer, you've already, like, I set mean, up the situation, just, right? Like, like what do you expect to saying, happen?
5: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you know what, what makes this book fascinating? And the research behind the book as well, is the fact that for so long people would, would use, you know, like the cudgel they would use against any member of the LGBTQ community is they would say the same thing. They would go, it's not natural. You cannot be gay, it's not natural. Why wouldn't it be in nature? God didn't create that. And then now the science has shown that it is natural. The irony is then you have people now saying like, but we're not animals, we're better than them. We're different. Right. And, and what I do enjoy in the book is this. You're really careful to, to not make it a blanket. You're not saying, hey, we are the same as the animals. The animals are the same as us. You're just giving us an insight into a world that we didn't think existed. One of the more fascinating stories, for instance, was the bottleneck dolphins. It feels like a very intentional world that they're living in, you know, that, 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 that you speak about. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, the bottleneck dolphins were one of my early examples because they are the closest we come to actually having a gay animal. Um, there are some bottlenose dolphin males who only have sex with other males or only here for the males and not the females, uh, but the majority of them are I guess we would say bisexual and like the the basically the spoiler alert is most animals are some version of bisexual oh. um, and exclusive homosexual preference is very rare, um, but there are some dolphins that that behave that way and but, is, is, is there is there a logic behind it because uh, you know as
5: you said you, you study evolution why would they do that? Do we have any idea? does you know does it just
1: hit a brick wall of Oh, they don't want to procreate anymore? Is it, is it just because of pleasure? What are, what are the reasons? Yeah, so with bottlenose dolphins, the male union is actually the only lasting union within their society. So males and females will come together for a week or two and have sex. The female will go and raise her calf by herself or with other females. Uh, but the males bonded through having really frequent sex, like about 2.4 times an hour on average. <laughs> what, what, what sex does is it produces oxytocin, which is known as the bonding hormone. Right. Uh, and so it's why when you first make out with someone when you're 13, you feel like I've got to spend my life with this person, this is amazing, I love them. You haven't gone crazy, it's just oxytocin is flooding your system for the first time. I never made up when I was 13. Oh, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's uh... 18, 25? <laughs> I was just like, wait, first time? And, um, and so they're taking advantage yeah. of this. Do to you? form this, this intense alliance yes. between the two male dolphins, which gives them power within the dolphin society. Oh, wow. So they still have procreative sex with female dolphins, but they're so close together because of this oxytocin rush from all the frequent sex that they are like an intensely strong sexual friendship. So they dolphins. found
5: different reasons for the sex. It's almost more intentional. It's almost like a, that, that's sort of like you talk about with, um, is it the bonobo monkeys where they would use, they would use orgies to like let, like just, I guess, for stress relief. They're just like, ah, really stressful day, everybody. (laughs) Pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the the most frequent sexual activity among bonobos is between females. And this animal is tied with chimpanzees as our closest relative. They share 98.7% of their DNA with us. Um, And the females will have sex with males, they'll still have offspring, but they have really, really frequent female-female sex. Mm -hmm. And that produces this oxytocin rush um, and it produces a feeling of peace and bonding. So, um, you know, if they introduce a food source, the bonobos won't eat it right away. They'll have sex first, so everyone's feeling good with each other. Okay. In the, in the okay. And- when you think of it as like, this is our closest relative with the chimps, you know, yes. it's, it's kind of a, a model for how we might be.
5: I've, I've often thought that.
1: I've often thought if I have
5: sex with all my friends before we eat, <laughs> people are less likely to fight over who pays the bill, have you know? You pr-
1: have you proposed
5: it? Just or- like, I, I mean, now that I have the research behind it, the- <laughs> Before I let you go, though, before I let you go, you—you you have a—I think you have a really beautiful reason that goes beyond the research in, in writing the book, a personal connection with it. And with what's going on in America right now, um, I'd, I'd love to know how much of that inspired
1: you to write the book. Yeah. So when I was 11, I realized I was gay. And it was like the moment puberty hit, it was utterly clear. I just lingered over the Fruit of the Loom ads in my brother's Rolling Stone. <laughs> And I was like, which, you know, which one do I want to be my special friend? Um, and it was, just, it was just who I was. But it's surreal if you're not someone who lives this identity. It's surreal because the day before, it, it was not true and yeah. all of a sudden I was gay in which this was in the early 90s and mm. it was, everything I'd heard about it was that it was a terrible thing to be, right? That it was unnatural, There's something wrong with it. So as a nerdy little kid, which would be no surprise, I went to the encyclopedia and I looked up homosexuality in this, you know, 26-volume paper encyclopedia. (laughs) And the story I got was that it's a psychological aberration unique to humans caused by too much attachment to mother or father, or maybe too little attachment. No one was quite sure. But something went wrong. Um, And I, you know, that was a a lot to wrestle with. And I came out on the other side of it by sort of loving my gayness, right? I was like, it's unnatural, and that's great. Like, who needs natural? Like, this is, <laughs> who cares, right? Like, we read books, that's not natural, and that's fine. Like, this is, this is just who I am. <laughs> and it just, it would have shortened that journey to self-acceptance, which a lot of LGBTQ kids do not survive, yeah. right? Um, it would have shortened that journey to know the research that's in um, Queer Ducks. Uh, and so I, I wrote it towards that 11 year old version of me that needed it, um, which is what makes it, yeah. makes it yeah. so upsetting to see these challenges in schools and yeah. libraries now. Um, and I know. Because I lived that logic, I was lived in a purple area in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and you know, in just in the cheerfully in the cafeteria, we would talk about, yeah, we should send all the gays to an island to die, right? Like that was just the way we talked about it as middle school kids and high school kids, um, and they're like it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Um, which rhymed, so it had to be true. Like it was. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like kid logic, um, and so the, I understand the thinking, which is basically that. The idea is if, if you believe that this is an outside source, it's a contagion that comes into people, yeah. that they read the wrong book that has a lesbian character in and now my daughter is going to become a lesbian, um, if you, that is truly your belief, then it's also your belief that you can wall it out, right? If in our town there isn't a single book that has a lesbian character, if there is, I'm not letting my kid watch TV shows that have them, then it's impossible that she will become a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, And the one thing that's coming out of this, all this abundant research, this explosion of research into same-sex sexual behavior across the animal kingdom, invertebrates, vertebrates, primates, dolphins, fish, is that you can't wall it out because it's coming from inside. It is Hmm. like, it is our heritage as animals is to have this as part of us, right? This like huge diversity in the ways to express sex and to to be with other organisms. Um, So even if your kid doesn't read a book with a lesbian in it, they come from the natural history of, of animal kind and the, the, that possibility is in there. Just look at a bonobo or a Japanese macaque monkey or any of it. But if they do read a book about it, they should definitely read this one. Oh, that's kind of it. I already yeah. do. I really do. it. Thank <laughs> you
5: so much for being on the show. It's such so a much. pleasure. This is too much fun. So I really appreciate you. it. We have got available right now. We're going to
2: take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Yes, really. thank you very much.
5: Before we go, before we go, please consider supporting Trans Lifeline. They're a grassroots hotline offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis for the trans community and by the trans community. So if you can, please donate at the link below to help their vision for a world where trans people have the connection, the economic security, and the care that everyone needs and deserves. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there. And remember, if you don't like your name, Turkey is now up for grabs.
2: Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+.
3: This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
5: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.